What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Recorded live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Talk Shoe Radio Show. My name is, I'm your host, David Chandler, and this is September the 22nd, 2015, and Sorry, I'm late. I was just cleaning up the apartment. I had to do some vacuuming, cleaning up my room and things of that sort, so uh, that is why I'm late. But I am here now, and my discussion today is basically on relationships, marriage, and the Christian. And I hope that I'm going to have some participants regarding this very important topic. Um... We we that, that there is a scripture that uh, I am reminded of. Sorry about that, but um, there is a scripture that I'm reminded of. Uh, uh, Give me a second. Thank you. 
All right, I'm sorry I'm back. Um, <clears throat> be sure to call the, if you want to log in to join the conversation, just uh, call the number, the number is two, the 724444, 7444, and the PIN number is 137404, and um, of course, the topic again is the relationship, the Christian, and marriage. And let's see. Let's see. Where? Where? Uh oh. Hello. 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 Yes. Uh Virginia left. But uh <clears throat> I just want to really get into this before um It seems like a lot of relationships today are not being emphasized too much and the Bible says in Genesis, I think it's chapter 2, where 
um, you know, if man leaves his own wife, I mean, leaves his parents and shall cleave to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And I don't see that going on anymore. As a matter of fact, I, I see... Uh, yes, um, Virginia is on the call. Hello? Hello. Hello. This is Beverly. Hi, Beverly. This is David. Hi, how, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? They got through. Yeah, uh, I didn't think anybody was going to participate, so I was going to, like, wait until I get some callers. Oh, okay. All right. But, so, um, what are you going to try and reschedule? Well, no, uh, we're on the air now, so I just wanted to really get this com- this this topic off the ground. Okay. Uh, hopefully, somebody else calls or and participates, but uh, it's about you know relationships marriage and the christian okay and i just wanted to know if you had any thoughts you know pertaining to that no okay i'm waiting to see if anybody else's i thought well what what specific questions is just um are well, we going to have general conversation? Well, I was just uh, thinking about a lot of things pertaining to that topic, and uh, I don't think that marriage is really emphasized in the church today too much. Now, I'm not going to say this is true for every church, but I know for the most part and this is glean. I'm gleaning in on my own experiences, you know, because I grew up in the church. You know, I, I was uh, I was in the church since I was six months old, and all the way up until I graduated from high school. Okay. And I didn't see any. Well, I didn't hear any topics pertaining to marriage uh, being emphasized in the church too much. Now, there was a lot of talking about doctrine, and that's fine, you know, it, it, that's great. You know, the Bible says that um, doctrine is important, but we don't. if we don't know how to relate to each other, if, we don't, if men and women don't know how to relate to each other in a healthy, Christ-like manner, then how in the world are we, how in the world are we to, to create or build a legacy for our children? And, and this is why... Our children are growing up in single-parent homes because young women, and, and I'm going to go out on, on a limb on this, young women want to be married. They want to be married. They want to share their lives with a guy, with a man that they perceive to be on their level spiritually, if not necessarily spiritually, but they want to be married to a man who feels the same way they do as pertains to marriage. But since marriage isn't necessarily all that important. You, you see a lot of young ladies getting involved with men who don't really want to marry them, but they want the idea 
you know, they're, they're cherishing the idea that they're married. In other words, they'll shack up with a guy and they don't know, and they're not married, but they'll say they are. And they'll bring children into this particular relationship. Well, I think it's more so, I'm going to go out and just say this. Times um, have changed. We, and I'm going to say just we, and I'm just going to talk about African Americans or black people in general. Okay. We have got away from the way. Yes. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hello. This is Shakima. I'm signing in. I just wanted y'all to know I was in, in, the, in the room. So go right okay. ahead. This is Beverly Shakima. Hello. Hey. Uh, uh, hello. This is David. How are you? Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. Now, you go You go ahead and chime in. I'm working on my lesson plans, but I'm listening. If I need to chime in, I will. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, go so ahead and continue. I, would, I think that the way we used to raise our children mm-hmm. has changed. Um, we were more morally sound years ago, but a lot of times now I believe uh, television has raised our children yes. and society. So a lot of times we're we're not like the way we used to be because now everybody lets the television raise their children. They don't even um, take them to church like they used to. And a lot of these young girls, it's, it's what they see. People are not talking to the children the way they used to, and the mothers are getting younger. But even though we had younger mothers years ago, because my grandma got married when she was about 15. Fifteen? Well, that is typical. That was typical back in the 50s. (laughs) Yes, my grandmother. So times have changed. It's just like we want to be what we see on television. And it's just the society is morally corrupt. And a lot of times I understand what's going on, but we we got to go back to we just got to raise our children the right way instead of letting the world raise them. Because right now you see the way people think, and that's why when I see certain things, I don't necessarily, I don't even judge them. Because when I talk to these young girls, a lot of times they don't know because they weren't taught. So they think everything is acceptable. Well, everybody wants to be a baby mama. Nobody want to be a wife. Well, yeah. that's true. That's true. And, and and not only that, but during the 60s, see, 60s brought all this on. Uh, I, I don't know if anybody heard of a guy by the name of Aleister Crowley, but he was a modern Satanist. He taught in this credo called Do What Thou Wilt Shall Be the Whole of the Law. This was a book that he wrote called magic theory and practice and 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 i'm going to get to my point because this has everything to do with what we're talking about so the the 1960s was predicated on that credo that whole premise was predicated on the 1960s revolution and so the sexual revolution came about in 1969 um the satanic uh bible was published in 1969 so everything went topsy-turvy woodstock was started in 1969, and that was a pivotal year 
As a matter of fact, the 1960s as a whole was pivotal in what we're seeing now in from the 70s going to the 80s, especially the 1980s with the whole AIDS thing and drugs. And then in the 1990s where the whole hip-hop, rap, gangster rap started, the gangster rap craze started, and our black youth just lost it because our parents lost spiritual control. Satan really turned up the heat during the 1980s with rock music and the the you know the start of you know gangster rap gangster rap didn't start till 1989 with NWA and um Tupac well Tupac was popular during the 90s like around 1990 91 92 that's when um you had Tupac and and Biggie and all you know then and, and so young people started to gravitate towards those rappers because they identified with the way they grew up. They identified with the whole rap, the whole thug type of mentality. They grew up without fathers. They grew up without uh, guidance, without any type of ambition. So rappers gave our young people, our young black men, a way out, a way to express themselves. Because growing up, back in the hood, so to speak, they didn't have a voice because their mothers were out doing whatever and then there was no father around. So, they, they, you know, they grew up without guidance, like I said, without any parental guidance. So the 1960s started all of that. Be- before then, our parents stayed together. They didn't have much, but they stayed together because they loved each other. They understood what it meant to have a healthy relationship. The dad knew his role. Mom knew her role. And it was there was no struggle for power. Well, I make more money than you do, so you do what I say. No, I'm the man. Of, no, it wasn't any of that. It was just we understood our role in the home, and we respected that the wife responded to her man, her husband's role in the home as the father, as the provider, spiritually and financially, even if the father lost his his, his uh, job or got sick or whatever, the kid couldn't work anymore, mom or the wife did not rebel against her father, the, 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 the husband's, uh, I don't want to say leadership, but she didn't, res- she didn't buck against that. You know, she understood that, okay, this is my husband and I have to be there because my vows said for better or for worse, rich or poor, sickness and in health till death do us part and she understood that so now we're living in a postmodern generation where my generation and underneath does they don't understand the idea of what it means to be in a in, in a committed marriage so now everybody wants to be a baby mama we we got all these reality shows where those ideas are celebrated We've got all of these, you know, uh, rappers coming out of the woodwork like uh, Lil Wayne, who looks like a voodoo doll, who looks like somebody cursed him with, like, but with evil magic, and now he just looks like a voodoo doll, tattoos all over. So now we've got men walking around looking like God knows what, and they don't even understand what it means to be a man. And women, they well, they just don't understand the meaning of, of what it means to be modest 
And even educated women are coming out of the woodwork saying, well, what do I need a man for? You know, I did everything on my own and this, that, and the other. So this is what we have. You know, this is what we have. We, we, we are eating from the fruit of the harvest that was planted during the 1960s. And I agree. I agree with that because Woodstock with the free love and everything, the same people who wanted to have free love and having orgies and all, those are the same people who are in position now, who yeah. make the laws. Mm-hmm. Those are the same people. So I agree with that 100%. And as far as us, we have... Uh, I hate to say it, but a lot of us still have that slave mentality. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to where during slavery time, where they they separated the man from his family, and all they let him do was make babies. Mm-hmm. They always, you know, had the woman. She took care of the kids. Mm-hmm. They have that same mentality. That is what kept us in slavery all those years. And we're still in slavery because a lot of times we don't understand. And also, I have, I'm just going all off now, but I have problems also with, you know, the way the welfare system, because all that is is slavery. Because by giving a young girl, uh, you know, everybody needs help, but to put it in her mind that this is a way of life, you are keeping her out of the job market. You So most most Caucasians, they don't have to worry about jobs. Their kids going to get jobs. Our kids are the ones that they say, okay, we don't have to compete with them because the majority of them are doing this, doing that, doing this. And it's just a way that we have to wake up. We mm-hmm. have to do better. For our people, we all we can't we can't say, oh, okay, that's just somebody else's child. No, we all will have to look at these children as our own. And well, I- as witnesses, we gonna have to go out here and just tell them, okay, this is not the way it's supposed to be, because a lot of young girls don't know. And then the the men, the boys, a lot of times the parents. Because I, I've noticed most of my friends who have boys, they spoil the boys. They're hard mm-hmm. on the girls, but they're not on the boys. So which means that they don't know how to be men. They don't understand the concept of head of the household. Mm-hmm. So to expect them to be head of the household without somebody teaching, it's just unreal. It, it, it can't happen. They have to be taught. And it's a hard job, but they're going to have to be taught. They can't learn it on their own because they mm-hmm. don't know how. Right. Well, I was going to say um, that um, we have this entitlement mentality in our community, and I think a lot of that has come with the more uh, social programs that have become available to us. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so we think, this is my, it's my right to be in the system. It's my right. And we feel like that's kind of, you know, we don't remember that back in the day, because my grandmother got married at 14, mm-hmm. but husbands and wives and kids all worked together. If we didn't have options, like we were going to not be together. Where are you going? 
oh, okay, we're going to work this thing out and we're going to raise these kids and we're going to give them a work ethic. But now, because we're so entitled to our food stamps or our, my sister argued me in the ground about she had to go apply, you know, look out looking for jobs. And she said, well, they can't tell me what to do with my, this is my check. I said, well, honey, unfortunately they can. It's their check. They mm-hmm. just think you think it's yours. And she was so upset with, with how, I said, well, this is how, when you live in the system. But what happens is it, it does, um, in a sense, force the man out of the home because really we don't need him. My housing is paid for just about, I have a little extra money in my pocket. Mm-hmm. The food is being purchased. And we forget that team concept. And even when we do get married, and I think, the, and a lot of single women struggle with this. I've done it on my own so much. Why do I need a man? And that's right. not the right way to think about it. But not all of us think that way. No. I tell people very often, I have to be the head of my household right now because the Lord has not blessed me with my husband just yet. But when he comes, I freely relinquish the right of leadership in this home because that's how it is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. That's not how... You know, I don't want to be, I've had many women say to me, you don't want to be in charge of what? Is that in the Bible? Would you show me the verse? I want they to can. Under- <laughs> but, but you see, know, but, I'm, can, I, can I interrupt for a second? I don't mean sure, to cut you ahead. off. No, you're but not. This, you're is, this kind of mentality is being perpetrated in church. Uh, you know, I've been, I've visited a few churches, I, and I, I see that, the, the ladies have that same worldview where you better not approach me because I'm just going to cut your, cut your head right off. I'm going to castrate you, and I'm going to hang, draw, and quarter you, and I'm just going to tell you that, you know, I'm just going to split you in half because, you know, the last man that approached me in that way, I just, man, I just said him, and, and I did this, that, and the other, and I, and I said, so... This is, if it's coming from the leadership, then how in the world can we think differently? You know, we, we see our leadership talking, and, and most of the, the our black churches are headed by women anyway. I, I don't know how many women, how, I, don't, how, I, I just don't know how many churches that I've visited that have been pastored by a woman. And... So when you have a church that's pastored by a woman, you're, first of all, you're not going to have an, a, a, a balance, and then secondly, she, they're, they're, she's, everybody there, of course, they're going to be, you know, the majority of the, the congregation are going to be women. So they're going to identify with what she's saying. So if you've got four men to every, to, if you've got, I guess, the ratio is three to every three women to every one man. But in this particular case, if you've got thirty women to every five men, they're going to feel those four men are going to feel powerless. I better not speak. I better not raise my. I better not say anything because um, I'm going to be lauded as someone who is trying to destroy the work of you know God's work. Well, let me let me stop you. And I and I I just want to chime in and have you think about something. And I'll go back to what I said about myself. I have to be in charge here. There is nobody else to do it. 
And many, many women who are head pastors or lead pastors, senior pastors of churches, are that way because there are no men to do it. So we're not trying to be, and I say we just in the woman, I'm not a pastor. I'm I'm in training, but I'm not a pastor. But mm-hmm. I would say that um, we're not trying to quiet the men, but what we are trying to do is raise the children until the husband shows up. And I believe that any woman who is praying for um, that person to come alongside them or for that person to come and be in his right position so that she can move into her position as help me is only doing what us single moms are doing now, which is raise the children, even in the church setting. Now, I'm not sure how many churches you have been to, but I've been to multiple churches, and I've never heard, even from women in leadership, I've never been taught that I'm the head of the household, that I'm supposed to be in charge, that my man is supposed to be cut off by the knees, and I'm supposed to treat him some type of way. Now, there is bad teaching in the church, and I believe it's my assignment to go back into the church, especially the African-American churches, and get women in check. That is my assignment, to let them know you're not going to be less of a woman to let your man be in charge or be the leader, maybe not, you know, whoever. If I'm better with the money, I'm handling the money. It doesn't take away from his manhood, but I'm the better mathematician, so I'm going to do that. So we got we get twisted sometimes with who can do what and what role. Leadership is your role. It doesn't mean you get to control everything in the home. So I wanted to go back and talk about, you know, just being that pastor. If that pastor in that community who needs that church in that community does not pastor because she's a woman, what happens to the children? Then they become wayward, and then they don't have anybody telling them what to do. And there are a lot of women that are raising godly children and are putting the right stuff in them according to the Bible. My sons are being raised to be leaders in their home, not to be subservient to women or to be lower than their wives. That is not how this works. But I can't speak for every home. I can only speak for my home and what I have been taught and what I have heard. I've not been to every church, so I don't know. Well, I I agree with you, Shakima, because my church is pastored by a man, and we just got over a series where he talks about the role of the husband and the wife. We've been talking about godly relationships, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm been talking about the dating and your role and his role. And he also stated, yes, the man is head of the household, but just like you said, if he's not good at with the money, the person who's better should be the one handling the finance. That doesn't take away from him because right. not everybody is good at finance. Now, I'm saying that because I am an accountant. So... <laughs> Of course, I think I'm better at finance, but I would love to have somebody to do everything. But just like right. I have, I had to raise my child as a single parent, so I only hmm. have one, and she's 22. So, oh, okay. Yes, she's. And is she in college? If you don't mind my asking. Yes, and when oh. she graduates, um, she will have three degrees. Oh, at 22, I I commend her for that. <laughs> And she has started, I'm going to um, post it, she started her own line of cosmetics. She makes um, lipstick natural, and it's called Throne Cosmetics for the queen. What is it called? Um, Throne Cosmetics. Throne, okay, okay. 
So she has done that, and we actually have been different places. Um, she has she launched her fall um, colors um, Saturday at this um, clothing shop. A friend of mine, she's a manager there, so they had uh, a modeling show, and they the models wore wore her lipstick. So mm-hmm. she's real good at stuff like that. So she already knows what she want to do, and she wants to own her own business. So it right. is possible. And like you said, I did it by myself. Right. So it is possible if you have to have the right mentality. And a lot of women, it's just that they don't know their worth or what right. to look for. So sometimes when women say something, and I'm saying this, you know, that they just don't understand. Mm-hmm. They weren't taught. So that's that's what you run into women who weren't taught. Because when I talk, like my cousin, she goes to church, but you know what she told me she wanted? I want a man, but I want a Christian thug. I said that. There's no such thing as it's like asking. I want a doctor, but I want a doctor that doesn't didn't go to medical school. How? <laughs> He's not a doctor. If he didn't go to med school, he doesn't have any medical training. How is he going to treat? How you know? I I don't understand the. I don't want to call it hypocrisy, but I I just don't understand that that this kind of postmodern thinking that we're encountering now, and this is why we can't establish anything. And and I see this in our neighborhood. I can't talk about the white neighborhoods because I don't live there. Right. I don't. I don't. I don't live there. I don't know anything about. Well, I do, but because I've had white friends and they've brought me to their house. That you know, I've been driving around their neighborhood and it's just like totally like you're stepping into another world. It's like stepping through a vortex after coming from a war torn a war torn realm or whatever. But uh, we as a people don't have and see god established the family before he established the church we get it backwards we have the church before we have the family and as a result uh we don't we we just don't we 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 have more divorce now you know divorce is higher now and and just as high in our community not higher in our in the Christian community than it is out in the world. We got worldly people getting married now and Christians are not. So we're supposed to be the example. We're supposed to accept the, the to set the example. But now the roles have changed. The you know, the roles have switched and and now we've got the world trying to teach us how to live. So the world is telling us, hey, look at us. We're getting married, and we're staying married. Look at you guys. You're getting married for two years, and now you're divorced. But it's it's also, okay, I can put a, a lot of times, I'm being honest, a lot of people say they have the faith, but that doesn't mean they necessarily have it because a lot of pastors now, because of pressure, have... Mm-hmm. Stop teaching certain things in the church. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to, I'm being honest, when it comes to homosexuality mm-hmm. and 
being promiscuous. A lot of pastors don't talk about that. My mm-hmm. pastor does. And some people take offense to you even saying anything about um, you should save yourself from marriage or mm-hmm. um, homosexuality is wrong or any sin is wrong. That's not why a lot of people want to go to church. They want right. to go to church to hear the singing and I guess the praise, see the praise dancing. They don't want to go to church and have the Bible hit over their head. And a lot of pastors have stopped using the Bible and hitting over their head to appease a lot of people. And I see that in a lot of churches because they won't say certain things. And if they do, when the uproar comes, then they have to backtrack. Yeah. Well, a lot of pastors have adopted the seeker-sensitive emergent philosophy, and, and that basically means, um, you know, we're we're going to establish church according to your desires and your wants. Okay, if you want a church that has rock music, then we're going to have that. If we're going to have a church, if you want a church that has rap music, then we're going to introduce that into our praise and worship services. You know, if you if you want a pastor that stands up before 30,000 people and he's dressed in a tie-dye T-shirt and a pair of jeans, then we're going to have that pastor for you. We're not going to have a pastor that's dressed up in a suit and tie, not that it really matters too much, but there's no standards. That's my point. And so pastors are not established. They're, they're not teaching anything about biblical standards. And Scripture is replete with all kinds of um, passages where the pastor is supposed to set the standard for the church. And the people that are in, say for instance, the, the pastor is, well, the Bible teaches that the pastor is supposed to teach sound doctrine. In the book of Second uh, Timothy 4, verses 1 through 4, Paul admonishes Timothy to preach the word well, what is he talking about? Well, it's an infinitive. That's a command. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Repute, uh, prove and rebuke with what? All long suffering and doctrine. Now, notice the next verse. For the time will come where they're not going to endure or put up with or tolerate sound doctrine, but heap unto themselves. They're going to go to churches that will teach them a candy-coated worldview, a postmodern worldview. Oh, well, we're not going to, I don't like Joe Olsteen. Well, I don't really like talking about sin, but I'm just going to preach to you a feel-good gospel. You know, let's be rich, let's be famous, you know, get your name out there, live your best life now. You, you hear stuff like that at a... A positive confession seminar. You don't hear that in church. That's that's not what I heard when I was growing up. I heard if you don't, the gospel is Christ's death, Christ's burial, and Christ's resurrection. And you are saved by grace through faith in Christ. You didn't hear all this other stuff that you're hearing now on television, especially with all these word of faith preachers. But now, like I said before, we're living in a postmodern generation where everything, the Bible is not taught.
caught, so we're doing everything backwards, even down to the point where, you know, it's it's about relation. You know, nothing is about, you know, we, we're not relationships as as it pertains to marriage is not being emphasized. So now we have a, a and, and I'm not trying to down anybody. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad, but I go to church now or I visit several churches now and we see a, a crescendo of single mothers. And, okay, well, granted, I, I applaud you single mothers for raising your children in the fear and admonition of the Lord, and I, and I, and I applaud you single mothers for, for really saying, hey, you know, this isn't, don't do what I did. You know, you get married. You, uh, you know, live your life according to the word of God. You know, you don't want to make the same kinds of mistakes that your friends are making. Because your friends are making life-changing decisions. And unfortunately, those life-changing decisions are bad ones, but they're making life-altering decisions. And you don't want to make decisions, bad decisions anyway, that's going to to haunt you for the rest of your life. So it's best now that you learned, that you learn the word. See, the Bible says, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So it's best that we parents raise their children when they were when they're young. Remember the the Bible says remember the uh the the things of the Lord in the days of thy youth. I'm paraphrasing. So parents are not doing that. And so now we have a a, a generation of children that's being raised and not valuing the things of God and we we're sitting back and then this is why we're talking about it now. But I want to change gears here and I'm going to ask you ladies a couple of questions regarding uh, I guess regarding dating um, what I mean what was your first date like and do you believe in date do you believe that a Christian should date yes I've I don't, never been on a date I don't think <laughs> I have been on dates since my divorce. I have been on dates, but the mm-hmm. problem is I'm very upfront. So once they find out that I'm celibate, they head for the heels. So you tell them right. She's like, no. No, because it's, it should be something because I'm I'm being totally honest. That a lot of people that that also tells you whether or not um, they're a godly man because if especially and I'm getting this from men that are in the church. So well, you you know why that is because they you know there's so much going on now where people think you can just sleep around with whoever and it's okay. Yeah, but I don't believe in that. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't believe in that. Because when I say that now, that's most of the that's that's the response I get. I've been on dates and we talk, but I let them know that uh, until I get married, this is the way it's going to be. So if they're not in in it for a relationship that leading to marriage, because I date with a purpose, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get married. Yeah. 
The purpose is not for me to date and, like they say, have a little fun. I'm 51. I'm too old to have fun like that. I you're, not, you're, I, you're 51? Yes. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but but I've, you, you, you guys are serious, right? <laughs> yeah. Wow. You guys look very, very beautiful for I mean, I, I I thought you guys were in your at least in your late thirties going into your forties. No, I'm thirty nine, I'll be forty. Oh. Well then you're my age. But I didn't know yeah. um Bev I did I didn't know Beverly was, was fifty one. I'm I'm sorry. I, I let me keep quiet before I get myself in trouble. <laughs> go, go ahead. Oh that's very nice. Thank you. But yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't know you. You were in your. I'm sorry. I uh, let me let me keep quiet. Go ahead. Uh, continue what you were saying. Yeah. So that's that's what I do. I'm I'm totally upfront, especially when you're talking about what you're looking for, and sometimes that's not what people are looking for. But I'm not going to change my standards. I know. Right. The word says, I know the way I'm supposed to be. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to compromise because I can't do that. And that's probably why I'm still, no, that's not why I'm still single. I think the Lord is preparing someone for me. So I talk and I explain that. And a lot of times they, you know, we get through the meal and everything, and they say, well, this is not the type of relationship that they're looking for. And I said, fine. So hmm. I don't think it's anything wrong with dating because how else are you going to know the person? The problem is if you date and every date ends in a sexual relationship. Now, right. that's the problem. Mm-hmm. If you're just dating, that's nothing wrong with that because that's right. what would need to be we I used to call it courting. That's what they yeah. used to call it. Where they come and you go out. People don't do it anymore because people don't know how to date. The right. young people think it that you just go out and you just sleep with people. Mm. And they consider then they try to get in a relationship with them after they slept with them. Then they find out two and three weeks later that they don't even like the person they done slept with. And that's because everything they see on TV has been glamorized. You mm-hmm. have all these, with these Hollywood folks to be wise, and none of them are wise. Yeah, Nobody's like really Hardy, actually but... married, maybe one person mm-hmm. married. Everybody else, they just had relationships with them. They, they look at stuff, or they see these basketball players with eight, nine kids by all these different women. They glamorize that, and they think yeah. it's correct. Yep. They think it's correct because this is what we see instead of somebody saying that it's wrong, like Little Wayne, all these. And, and Lord knows, I just, I don't see the attraction. But I'm I'm 51, so maybe that's why. But we're, even well, with them, with all these different kids, even if you do take care of them, it's wrong. It's wrong to have all those kids and you're not married to these people. You got this baby mama, that baby mama. And these women <laughs> are happy because they're getting a check. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it makes 
every other decent woman, women like us, we can't. Because this is what you have to, like they said, compete with. Yeah. And well, men, it's, it's not necessarily it's, it's a competition, hard. but it's kind of like, you know, you're, you know, all of those women that are doing these things are kind of like your representative in a sense. Yeah, and that's what guys want. And it's just that, so that's why men don't know how to talk to women. It's because they, other women like that type of stuff. So when they meet somebody else and they try to say, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait a minute. You know, you, you can't just talk like that. Or they don't even understand. Some of them don't even understand dating. They'll say, oh, um, how about if I just come over to your house and we watch TV? Mm. I said, no. Me and <laughs> Jesus watch TV every day. Why do you do Me and Jesus? <laughs> Jesus trying to play you. I tell well, you well if you don't watch TV with Jesus nowadays, you're going to be in the television with the devil, too. <laughs> I, I watch television. I don't need it. Uh-uh, No. Because that's what sometimes they say, oh, you are by yourself. No, I'm not. See, it's a mentality. A lot of times women are going to have to be taught how to be by themselves, how to love themselves, how to respect themselves. And then we can make better choices. Oh, Because right now they have no perception of what a good man is supposed to be because of what they see on the television. And what they're listening to, you know, a lot of these you know, you you got a lot of representatives, well, bad representatives out there, uh, especially within the music industry. And and I keep and I'm doing a show next week, I think, uh, on the the evils of the you know, the music industry. Uh, I did one show before, but that was a while ago. I think that might have been last year. I did it with a friend of mine who's married. And um, no, 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 it wasn't last year. It was the year before last. And I um, I don't want to get too far off topic, but they they have bad representatives, um, especially with the music industry. The, the music is 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 a universal language. That the musicians themselves tell you that mm-hmm. that it's a it's a universal language. It's not neutral. See, a lot of pastors are telling you that well, you know, new, music is just neutral. All you got to do is just change the words, and you'll have gospel hip hop. Well, what is gospel hip hop? Huh? My pastor has never said I've never heard that. I have. I haven't well, either. See, here's the thing that I, I, I would really encourage you. I mean, this is just me because I get like, ooh, what was that? Don't put people all in that same category. Many pastors and, and women, just, you know, in my experience, I have, you know, because when you start lumping people together, it really has a tendency to push like turn people off. They're like, wait a minute, this mm-mm, that's not how that works. I've never heard that. My pastors never told us that it is okay to turn. You know, don't, not all. You know, I tell my kids all the time, all black people don't steal. We we just don't. But because of what other people have done, that's why people look at you crazy. But not all right. of us are doing exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> so well, hmm. I'm not saying all pastors are doing it. I'm not saying many of them do. Right, right. So I, and, would, and I would just encourage you to be careful on that all thing. Or, you know, whatever that inclusive thing was. That just I had a, I felt something in my spirit. Now go ahead with your conversation. 
Well, well, no. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying all pastors are teaching this. I'm, I'm saying many because you know we even read in the Bible that you know many shall follow in their pernicious ways. Now, he's not saying everyone is going to do it, but um, we we still have a certain amount of individuals, certain amount of church leaders that are not adhering to this kind of of, of belief. But this is what I've seen. You know, this is what I've heard, and you know, they, they're telling us that, well, music is not, you know, music is neutral. It's not good or evil. So all you got to do is just change the words around and you'll have good music. Well, that's not what a lot of the uh, musicians are telling you. As a matter of fact, they're all telling you that, you know, music, you know, is, as a matter of fact, Little Richard said that music was of the devil. You know, you had David Bowie say that music was of the devil. So you're fooling yourself when you're telling your con- you're, you're telling your congregation that ah well you know you, all you got to do is just change the words around. And, but my point was that um, they're you, you know they're listening to music and they're telling them that you know um, women ain't nothing but hoes and this that and the other, and so they're going to believe it because well he's they identify with that that idea. They, they identify with these rappers because they grew up the same way that they did, and like I said earlier. And so I, I wasn't into rap. I never could get into rap music at all. I, I don't know why, but I just couldn't get into it. But I, I know a lot of my friends did, and they identified with what they were saying. They identified with how they dressed, how they looked, and it gave them a sense of identity. And that's the problem with the fatherless generation that we're seeing now, my generation and behind me, you know, they, they identify with these rappers because they grew up in the same way. They grew up in dysfunctional families. They grew up in bad neighborhoods. And so when they come out with a CD and they're saying, well, well women ain't, you know, such and such ain't, you know, hoes and, and this, that, and the other and, and blah, 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 they're going to identify that because that's, what they think. But I want to say this. Not all rappers grew up like that. A lot of mm-hmm. this is business. A lot of those rappers have never been on the street. This mm-hmm. is this is business. And uh, most of the time, these rappers live in gated communities. And well, they do now. Not allow their children to associate with those type of people. So a lot of times... It's, it's also stereotype. They're doing this to sell sell records. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's business. It's not personal. It's business. It's business. It's business. And, and that's what I'm seeing. And that's why I have a problem with it. Because it's business. Because I know if you look at the history of some of them or the background of some of those rappers, they've never even been in a hood. It's just well, some of them have. Some of them. Some of them haven't. You know, we all kind of them get stereotypes. It's just yeah, how you make money because this is what they say. I hear people say, this is how you make money. Oh, this is sale if you do this. Mm-hmm. And this is this is how this all came about. And, 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 and a lot of those rappers and everything, you see them, but then you don't hear about them anymore because this is just big, it's marketing. And there's always some behind them, mostly Caucasian, making all the money. Mm-hmm. 
And this is the problem. So you have these stereotypes. And a lot of this stuff is just stereotypes. Mm-hmm. And this is how society is. We have to let them know, our kids know, this is not real. Right. Yeah. A lot of times this see everything. Yes, that's all it is is entertainment. But you have to distinguish between, let the kids know, this is entertainment. When he get off the stage, he's going to his gated community that you can't go in. His kids will never play with you because, see, while you in the hood and just like I have a problem with what's, what's his, Michael Joy, those two and $300 tennis shoes, come on. Really? Mm-hmm. It's all to, to just suck the blood out of our community. Yeah. Those kids have on two and $300 tennis shoes and can't count past 10. Mm-hmm. Count past 10. Wow, it- yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, I can understand where you're coming from because uh, it's mind control. It's it's uh, a form of mind control. You, you know, music is a form of mind control. And uh, I'm going to get real, uh, I guess, I don't want to say mystical, but, okay, I'll get real deep. I, I, listen, I was listening to a guy by the name of John Todd, and and I know we're going way off base, but I'll just uh, say this, and then we'll get back on topic. But uh, I was listening to John Todd, and he said that music, the only purpose for music or rock music was to place spells on the listener because none of those people, or most of them don't, they don't live what they're rapping about or they don't live what they're talking about. And I said, that's really interesting because if you listen to half of these rappers, now I know Jay-Z grew up in in Brooklyn in the hood. I know um, Christopher Wallace, a.k.a. Biggie Smalls, grew up the same way. They grew up without fathers. And I know Nicki Minaj grew up without a dad. And she's from, uh, I forget where she's from. I think she's from the Caribbean somewhere. And and she grew up in, in New York Jamaica Queens or some some something like that, but she wasn't like that before she got before Lil Wayne uh, discovered her. She didn't look like a. Now she looks like a, a demon possessed, and I'm not saying this to be to attack her personally, but she looks like she doesn't look real. Just look at her. But that's 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 what it it, it has it has come to that that everything is marketing because that's what I was trying to say. This is about business because prime example is Little Kim. Before she was she rapped and she had clean rap. They told her it would never sell. You got mm-hmm. to talk about your body. Mm-hmm. That is why she changed. This is the thing. If you get these people who say, okay, we all they care about is the numbers. They don't care what you sell to the community. So mm-hmm. this is the problem that you have. Because just like you said, with Nicki Minaj and most of them, now all these girls are obsessed with, with breast implants and butt implants. Mm-hmm. It's always... You have to have the biggest butt. <laughs> Who does? And then after your whatever they call this video vixen, after your career, what do you do with all of that? Mm-hmm. And this is the this is what our girls are looking at. 
oh, I want to, I heard one girl say, I just came, I want me one of them ghetto booties. I need one of them big booties like the ones I've seen on the TV. And I'm listening to her, and she don't look like she's about 18 years old. Yeah, it's, that's early. Exception of this is what they see. And nobody is saying, okay, this is wrong. But it's just so much of it on there, and everybody's looking at, oh, they're, 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 they're getting plastic surgery. Everybody wants bigger boobs, bigger this. I mean, it's just unreal how society has influenced the children and how we have allowed it. It's just that we, we, we've just let the kids... You know, the TV, everything. Just let them raise the children. Well, and because, again, the most parents. Of the girls are. Yeah. And that's why they dress in a pro. This is what they see. They see dressing like that. They don't know how to dress. And people look at them, and I'm like, they don't know. This is, I say, you you got to understand. I remember when I was, um, my daughter was in high school, and I went to parent-teachers conference. And the teacher was saying, he was like, oh, okay, I see why your daughter is the way she is. Okay. He said, then he talked about the other parents. He said, I didn't understand why this girl was like this until her mama came in the room. Mm-hmm. It could have been twins. The same mentality. Mm-hmm. So it's just a lot of stuff. We we just, it's, it's unreal that our children have gotten that way and it's just like it seemed like we're just you losing so much control mm-hmm. well here's my question and, and, I, and it's very serious i teach at a high school i've been at the high school now for the last i have 11 years high school seven years middle school so my question good luck is, <laughs> wow I, I, and, and and before you go on i had a, a cousin tell me well you should teach i'm like no 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 I'm not teaching these high school students, but go ahead. <laughs> but my question is, with all that is wrong in our in our communities, in our neighborhoods, in all the areas that we see that there are gaps, where are the strong, positive, godly men stepping in? You know, I've, I have prayed that the Lord would send me a husband. God has not chosen to do that at this point, seven years out. Then I got to a point where I said, you know what, God, I am okay by myself. I am good. I have you, and I'm good. But send a mentor for my children. I'm not asking you to send somebody for me, but I'm asking you to send a strong male figure in their life so that they are not lacking in any area. And we were very fortunate that my pastor stepped in. My my ex left when my son was 13 years old. At At the pivotal point in his Manhood, he's going into this puberty stuff, and, and life is happening to him, things mama cannot explain to him, and he chooses to walk out on us. Well, in the midst of that, my pastor steps in, and even now, my baby is six years old. He'll be seven years old. And his uncle, who lives in Maryland, mm. has stepped in to his mm-hmm. life. Now, how do you work it out in Maryland? Well, we do a lot of Skype, and my kids are very fortunate that they homeschool so that we can travel. You know, they've been in Maryland for a couple of weeks now, and my son wants to go back for six months. Oh, and because okay. he has that positive male. Yes. Well, he, he's going to gravitate to a male figure, especially if he takes an intricate role in his life. He's going to gravitate towards it because God made us that way. 
you know, when I was growing up, I didn't have a dad. So I had my uncles, you know, before two of them passed. Well, actually, it was four of them. But, you know, I had my uncles. I had um, one uncle by marriage who took interest in, you know, me. And so he um, mentored me and all the way until he died. He passed away from cancer. But, um, you know, he mentored me, and, and I was naturally gravitated towards that. And so, see, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, it says, Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the fear and the nurturing admonition of the Lord. So that's what the Bible commands men to do. Bring them up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord, the nurturing and admonition of the Lord. But don't provoke them to wrath. How do you provoke a child to wrath? You're not there for him. You're not there for him. You don't uh, teach him anything. You know, you just have the kid and just leave him. And this is why you've got so many young men who are angry and, you know, full of wrath. And that's why they uh, they they get or they, uh, you know, follow after these rappers. They follow after these, um, these the Lil Wayne and they want to be like him. They dress like him with the pants sagging and you know, walking around with with t shirts on with a skull and you know, plant you know, plastered all over their shirts and, you know, they're walking around with their head half shaved off and, you know, they're rapping not half shaved off, but they're plaited up and they're rapping to themselves. I, I see it every day around here in Philly. They're angry or they're joining gangs, you know, or they're getting in trouble. They're they're getting involved in crime because of wrath. They're ang they're full of wrath. They're full of anger. They're full of frustration. They're full of loneliness. And when the little boy grows up like that, then and the and the mother adds to it by taking her anger out on him because the boyfriend walked out on her or the boyfriend knocked her up and ain't been seen since the kid has been born, then she's angry. She doesn't know how to modulate her anger properly. So how in the world is she going to teach her child how to do that, it's, especially when she's cussing him out and saying all kinds of things to him? You, your daddy, you, you was just like your daddy. Your daddy ain't nobody. Your daddy is... Is is ain't worth two cents and all this other nonsense that a lot of these young girls are telling their young boys. Well, that's what I'm asking. Now, so that is happening. Where are the men? The where, men, where the men are just they don't want to take responsibility. And 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 again, I'm I'm giving you a re- the reason why because the men have not been taught how to be men, and. <laughs> How do you teach a man how to be a man? You got to be a man yourself. You've got to. Well, that's see. absolutely true. But the Bible gives us a clear. It gives us clear instructions on everything. My mom was. My mother did not raise me. She didn't teach me how to be a woman. Mm-hmm. But there were so many people in my life exactly. that God spoke clearly to set me in their path or them in my path to say, you know what. I see something in you, and I and I want you to come up. I fake it till I'm. My kids don't know where I came from at school. They don't know that I grew up with roaches in my house or in the hood in Brooklyn. They don't know any of that. I don't live like that now. But what mm-hmm. I did was I pulled myself up, and I watched and I observed. And like I said, the Lord put so many good women in my life to just help me be 
who I believe God wants me to be in this season of my life. And so I can say, well, my mom wasn't there. She didn't tell me how to do it. Or I can just do something. See, we have to, we've got to stop making the excuses or explaining what it is, and we've got to get involved. God is calling us. He needs us out there in the street. He needs us in whatever capacity that you're supposed to be out there in. Somebody's child needs you. Somebody's child needs me. Somebody's child. All my girls at school who come to school half naked every day, this is what I tell them. Now, if you show me yours, Miss Wilson, going to show you mine, and it's not been cute in a long time. And they, the next day they wrapped up. They ain't trying to see nothing. It's humor and it's funny, but they know I love them. And they, and then I have an open door to tell them, why are you, why are you letting that little boy slob all down your throat? You don't know his personal hygiene. You don't know who he was kissing before his third period. Why are you doing this? And they're, Miss Wilson, why are you all? But I'm telling them, and they are listening. But we need you, brother. We need where the men at. That's my, where you at, bro? I don't and need to be driving six hours by myself to Maryland to drop my kids off. Ain't somebody right here where I live? And you're right, because it's not supposed to be just because my thing is, it, it should be, if they're Christian men, it should mm-hmm. be, oh, it takes a village to raise a child. Oh, I absolutely. believe that. So absolutely. there are so many other people who can step up to the plate. Absolutely. Because not just because, uh, it, it just because you, okay, is you had a child, that doesn't make you a parent. So I believe anybody, if they're good, they can be a good parent. Just like you say, there's so many people out here who just need somebody to give them a kind word, help them, mm-hmm. motivate mm-hmm. them. And they will go on to do the same thing for somebody else because they'll remember what you did for them. Mm-hmm. So I think it yeah. is. There are, there are men in the church. There are other men. They don't necessarily have to be that child's father because if that child's father is locked up on drugs, he can't do anything right now. Right. Absolutely not. Right. So expecting him to be there, it, it, that's unrealistic. When there's somebody else that can step up and say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and help this person. Mm-hmm. Well, done that. A, in my in my neighbor is is a girl. Those kids, I looked them. They needed clothes. I went and mm-hmm. I the sizes and I bought the kids clothes. They in the mm-hmm. house. They there's a few houses down for me. Nobody should be like that. When they're hungry, mm-hmm. they knock on the door and say, "Miss Bab, um, how you doing?" I said, "I'm doing fine." Uh, and I said, well, you want something? You have a snack? And I said, yes. I keep stuff there. Mm-hmm. Nobody should be hungry. It's, it's, our, mm-hmm. it's our duty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have to take that personal like the book responsibility. Mm-hmm. We really do. And, and it's no way if all of us do what we're supposed to do, nobody will be hungry. Nobody would be without shelter. Nobody would have would be without clothes on their back. Mm-hmm. We just gonna have to take that initiative. Yeah, the the thing 
that, you know, there was a particular gentleman in my church. Now, we I go to a very small church, and we don't have a lot of singles. I'm one of three ladies, and we have two single men. And, and none, none of, you know, none of us connect as single, none of that. But he was interested in me, and I would have not been interested in him. I've just been doing my thing with the Lord. And to make a long story short, he said to me one day, he just came up to me and said, um, I want to help you with your children. And I'm telling you, that totally just, that took me aback because I knew that he was interested in me, not necessarily my children. So I told him, I said, you know, this is how I work my stuff. You know, I need to make, I need to know where you're from. Because we have never done anything together. I didn't know him like that. But at the end of the day, that man was, he, he's not a bad person, but really his eyes were on me, not my kids. So don't ask me if you can help me with my kids because at this moment in my life, I'm good. I don't need you to step in to do anything for me But because that was not the point that you approached me. You approached me with can I help you with your kids, but I haven't seen you want to do anything with my kids. You want to do stuff with me. Mm-hmm. So don't be in a false don't give me a false sense of what you're saying because, and that's what a lot of people do get it twisted as well. They want to help the kids, but they're scared the mama going to jump their bones. Or they want mm. the mama and just try to get the kids. Listen, what has God told you to do? If God told you to help out, can you work at an after-school program? Can you, right. you coach boys and girls club? Can you be the big brother? I don't know. But what can you, we all have to do our part at some point because if not, we're going to continue to be fatherless, and they're getting younger and younger, more mm-hmm. and more of us killing each other. But we have to, what is our personal responsibility? Every day for 180 days, I get to speak into those little girls' lives. And every day, every year, they come back not pregnant. I'm like, high five for Miss Wilson, because I, hmm. I had a hand in that. That's right. But we all have to do something. We have to be personally responsible somewhere. You know, that's just my, my thought process on it. Um, I can talk about the problems all day long, but that's not going to change the problems, or I can try to change it somehow. Well, you're, you're right. You know, there, there needs to be more, you know, people that are willing to get involved, you know, in the, you know, in, in the problem, you know, in fixing the problem. And... Um, <laughs> You know, how do we stop single? You know, more children being single parents. Well, you get involved. You get involved in their lives, and you give them what does say of the Lord, which is you know scripture. I mean, even if you don't give them direct scripture like thee and thou and thou saith the Lord, you know, you don't have to be dogmatic in a sense of um, you know making them feel like they're worth two cents, but you could sit them down and talk with them, counsel them. You know, if you, if you know, at the end of the day or at the end of the school day, you know, and, and you you see that that child is struggling, sit him down or her down and, okay, well, you, you want to talk and, you know, I have an hour. So that one hour can change that child's life. And this, uh, so this is what needs to be done, you know, to prevent more tragedies that we've got finished discussing and but I guess with me uh, as far as the dating whole dating world uh, is concerned I haven't dated in 
years. I, I guess it's been since what 2001. So uh, I kind of just gave up on that whole prospect altogether. I mean, you've seen my posts. <laughs> so, but is there uh, a reason? Is there a reason why you have well, given up on that? Well, it's all you know. It's it's just uh, been a lot of bad, you know, bad experiences. You know, I had one young lady uh, curse me out over the phone for no reason. Oh my! You know, she asked me what was the matter, and I said, "Well, there's nothing the matter. Why would you think that there's anything wrong?" And then she kept asking me, and I said, "There is nothing wrong." So she just went off, and. Mm-hmm. And even though this was a long time ago, I realized then that this is not going to be possible for me to be with someone that's going to understand me. Because that's the problem. A lot of young ladies, they don't understand me. I'm not saying that they all, well, they grew up in bad relationships, they grew up in bad or dysfunctional families and all that. You know, it just comes down to the point where they just don't understand me and how I think. So, you know, because they're not used to being around somebody like me. So, What's what's somebody like you? Well, someone who's interested. I'm sorry? Tell me about somebody like you. Well, somebody that's introspective, somebody that's Mm -hmm. intelligent. You know, I'm not going to toot my own horn, but, you know, somebody that's introspective, and there's not a lot of black men out there who are who have that mm-hmm. nature mm-hmm. you know a lot of black men are just I want what I want and if you don't give it to me then I'm going to go to the next chick well I don't I disagree with that because I've met a lot of educated men a whole lot of them and like I said I've went on dates it's just that the problem that I'm having it's like I said when we talk about the celibacy thing or I, my desire to be married again, that's mm-hmm. when they run for the hills. So it's not like, I don't think it, it, with women, and I don't know because we're talking about a big age difference too. Right. So that's what I'm saying. You, y'all guys are younger. And so some of the women, the women you probably date are probably a little younger than you. And a lot well, of well, they're around the same age. Before I had that problem, I was just running into girls that were in their twenties. But I was in my twenties too, fifteen mm-hmm. years ago. So, um, so yeah, you know, one girl that I dated was twenty-one. Another girl that I dated was twenty-six. Another girl that um, I was friends with, she was—I can't remember now. But I think she was. Probably around twenty eight, twenty nine. I I can't remember off the top of my. She might have been in her thirties. I'm not sure, but um, she was a little older than the other two. And the last person that um, I was with in two thousand and four, uh, she was. She claimed she was twenty one, but she lied about her age and said she was eighteen. And she, I found that out. When she just told me, you know, she she just told me right off the bat. Well, not off the bat, but she told me about a couple of weeks later that uh, she says, well, I have something to tell you. And I said, well, what is it? You know, I'm not really 21. And I'm like, uh-oh. So I said, what, what are you, 20? No. 19? No. And I started getting nervous because I thought, oh, oh my God, she's going to tell me she's 17. But she said she was 18. 
And I'm like, well, if I would have lied to her, if I wasn't honest with her about my age, she would have stopped talking to me. That that would have been the end of it. No explaining anything. That, that just would have been. But she said, I'm 18, and the only reason why I didn't tell you my real age was because I was afraid that you wouldn't like me anymore. So you lie? Well, I'm going to that. I mean, I think that that's part, sadly to say, because of the world we live in today, sometimes people are not going to be honest with you. That's when the discernment comes in. You right. have to be able to say, okay, you know, listen to your feelings, and you're going to just have to pray on it because a lot of people may not be honest with you. Now, you're saying women, but men. I... <laughs> <laughs> well, the men, well, yeah, well, those guys are just. <laughs> they, they're not the most honest people sometimes. No, they're not. So it it goes both ways. It's and I, just, I realize that. I, I don't, even though I've been on some dates and they did not work out, I didn't get discouraged because mm-hmm. when you're a Christian and you're dating, you don't get discouraged about things like that. You thank God you found out this early before you actually got involved with this person. So a lot of times that's the way, that's the best way to do it is Christian dating. You're not having a sexual relationship with these people. You're just talking, you're having conversation, and it doesn't take long for bad behavior to come out. No, no, and I'm starting to realize that because I was talking to this white girl, and I hate to to identify people by their race, but I was talking to this um, white girl, and um, there was no romantic feelings involved. But I said something, you know, she posted something on my uh, timeline. No, not on my timeline, but on my page, I guess, with her brother's dog licking her son's face. And I laughed and I said, well, she, the dog, she talking about the dog, must have caught him off guard talking about her son. Her reply was, she is a she, exclamation point. So I said, I sat back and I said, Okay, didn't I just tell you that she was a she? Did did you not read my statement before you you responded? And so I I unfriended her and then didn't hear from her for weeks and then all of a sudden she sends me this this post this uh private message about something and we we go back and forth and we're we're laughing and joking and then she says you 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 unfriended me, didn't you? And I said, huh? And then she's, you, you did. And then she goes off and says, stop being bipolar. Ugh. And then that was the end of it. And I'm like, is this girl psychotic? What, what's going on? Because that's not, the sec- that's not the first time she's done that to me. But I realized that, you know, okay, well, the reason why she does that, well, I guess the, the reason why, I guess, and, and I'm only... I guess I'm more or less uh, guessing in a sense, but you know she was divorced, you know, and she's only in her 30s, and that that kind of can really weigh heavily on a on a woman, especially a woman, a woman's perspective on men, 
you know, you're divorced and you're only, what, 30-something years old? You know, that... I was divorced at 34, and I didn't feel any type of way about men. Hmm. I mean, I, I make you, we, we all have to make a decision in our lives. Mm-hmm. My decision was I am not going to hold any other man hostage based on a previous experience. Because mm-hmm. what I knew after the fact of being with this man for 18 years, from the time I was 15 years old till I was 33 years old, was he didn't want to be married. It was my desire to be married. Oh. And so I paid for that. But I'm letting him go. And it doesn't mean I wasn't angry and I didn't have feelings because we have children together. We have property together. We did all this. We're building a life. And now you're gone. But every person that I meet has their own merit. They, I'm going with you based on who you are and who I know you to be right now. Now, my angel said, if someone shows you who they are, believe them. And you have to believe people for who they are. Some of us are intimidators. Some of us are intimidated. Yes. Some of us have a tendency to be overly aggressive. Some of, some of us are not aggressive. So your like, Can I ask you a question, though? Mm-hmm. Intimidated by what or whom? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's just, I mean, I can't tell you. I can walk into a room and people look at me and they get intimidated by the confidence that I have. But it is not about Shakima. It is about the God in me because I used to be very intimidated by people in the world and things because of how I grew up and my my um, childhood was not very good. So when I became to know who I was in Christ, I'm not bowing my head to anybody. That doesn't mean I'm haughty or have a haughty spirit. It just means I walk into a room with confidence because God gives me confidence to be who I am in him. But some people see that and they go, mm. I don't know who she thinks she is. I think I'm a daughter of the king. And if you have an issue with that, then that's your issue. But you have to understand we're dealing with other people, and we don't know their background, we don't, especially if you're just meeting somebody, getting to right. know them. You don't know what they dealt with in their past, and we have to kind of be a little bit mindful of that. Again, the man I meet or the one that the Lord brings to me, and God, I'm praying that he is on his way does not get treated like my ex-husband who didn't love me. This man has his own standing and his own merit, and I'm going to believe what he tells me until he gives me a reason to question, doubt him, or to say this is not working for me. But a lot of us don't have that, and we hold everybody hostage based on our previous experiences. And that is unfair to the person, but it's also unfair to us because it could deny us from the very thing that God wants us to have. You and we have to be extremely careful with that. That you're right when it comes to that because sometimes, a lot of times, people act, and that's why sometimes you have to be a little bit more. I'm learning to be more patient mm-hmm. because you don't know what they've been through, you don't know the situation, and it comes both ways, the men and the women. So mm-hmm. sometimes. It's a reaction to what they used to or what they've used. They're, they're expecting a certain type of attitude from you. Mm-hmm. That's why they act the way that they act. Sometimes we just have to just give them a minute and then you know, just be patient with people. And especially, it's a lot of women out there who, and 
they've had hurt and pain in their mm-hmm. life. So it's hard to actually trust that that trust factor or they're expecting the same thing because you hear so much. And and I see that on the board when some of the the girls post, especially the mm-hmm. young ones. Yeah. Hell, you can tell, you can, you know, I, I'm I'm reading this, and you already know the hurt. Mm-hmm. And they're so young, and it's hard. Some of them trying to get through it, and it's a process because we mm-hmm. did not, like you said, we did not. I did not get like this overnight. Mm-hmm. Right. It was a process. So I understand. I'm 51, and there are some of those girls in their 20s or 30s. It's going to be a process for them to get through what they've been through and to be able to actually deal with someone. Or some men, they they get a little intimidated, and some of them, it is. It's, it's going to be difficult to find somebody who's everything you want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not going to get that 100%. Mm-hmm. If I can get 80 and the 20% is something that I can live with, I'm okay with that because mm-hmm. you're not going to get 100% of what you want because mm-hmm. nobody is going to be 100% of what you want Mm-mm. because we all have little flaws. We all have little quirks that we can work on, but you're going to have to look at the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. It's worth giving up that person or not talking to that person because of 20%, maybe something you feel like, I don't know. that, And then you'll find out that 20% is really not a lot. Mm-hmm. It's something mm-hmm. small. Now, I'm not talking about something major, but I'm talking right. about small things because we all going to have that. And, the, you know, with the independence, of course, you and I, we are head of our households now. We have no choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and comes, we're going to relinquish that because mm-hmm. those, I want to relinquish mine. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> really do. So you're ready for that. He's already he's preparing us for that. Mm-hmm. So we're ready for that. We know what we need to do. But most men, they're going to have to be patient with women and just don't give up. You're just going to have to be patient and understand, okay, I'm going to have to help her through this. Because Mm -hmm. a lot of times it's just, it's because of life's ups and downs. Not everybody has had the perfect childhood. Some people, they've been dragged through the mud and then they made it. Mm -hmm. They still have that in their, you know, in the back of their mind. Uh-huh. So it's it's it's. I know it's difficult, but a lot of women they're just. You're gonna have to be patient with them, David. You're gonna have to be patient, and understand that sometimes it's not exactly. They're not trying to hurt you. They're really not. It's just that they've been hurt themselves, and a lot mm-hmm. of them just don't know how to respond. They really well. don't. Well, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not saying that it's it's necessarily their fault, but, you know, I don't want to be in a relationship where there's love and there's hate, love, hate, love, hate, love. You know, I, you know I'm, I'm a creative type, and 
I like, I, I mean, I don't like, you know, I, I'm not going to say that everything has to be peaches and cream all the time, but I do, for me to function as a creative type, I don't want to be in an argument every other day, or if I say something, she reinterprets it in her mind, and oh, he's trying to, to talk down to me, and then she goes off, and then I'm, and I end up getting cussed out, or you know, told about myself. You know, I don't want that. I, I don't, I don't want that. See, I don't like arguments. You know, I'm not an argumentative person. But and so, a lot of you're an in, you're an intellectual. I'm sorry. Would you, would you say you're an intellectual? Well, I am that, but I'm. A creative type, which means I'm creative, and I like to create. You know, I, I'm a writer, so you know, ri- uh, writing is an art, and um, I like to sit down and and for me to function in that on, on, to that degree, I can't be around a lot of clutter. I can't be around a lot of you know my 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 area my atmosphere if you want to call it that has to be calm and serene and tranquil and i can't be on living on eggshells all the time i can't go into my go to my wife and say hey look i'm going to do this and then she's going for fear that she's just going to explode like a like a bomb or 180 i can't do that i can't live like that have so, you met any women that um that are not like that have well, you I'm met not saying, those calm, serene, um, creative type women as well? Because I'm not saying, what it, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, well, I'm, what I'm going to say is what it sounds like is that you meet the other type of woman, and the other type of woman doesn't work with your personality. Right. So right. there you have that not the bumping of the head because mm-hmm. you need serene and peace, and she might need something different. Probably one of the, the areas that I would suggest that you look at is what is your love language because you're probably not speaking hers, and she's definitely not speaking yours. But my question is, because my pastor would always say to me, Shakima, why do you always pick the same type of man? And I'm like, I don't know. I thought this one was different. But really, something had to be the same for me to pick him because that's what I was used to. So now Mm -hmm. I'm not picking anybody. I'm saying, Mm -hmm. okay, Lord, you know what I need, and I'm open and available, so what's coming my way? So where are the, where is that woman that meets your particular individual need and you and would understand your type personality because she's going to need her sereneness to be creative as well so if you find that person then she's going to understand you you're going to understand her and there'll be like some some positive um positive atmosphere that you're always in, not to say that there won't be disagreements because I'm probably sure everybody has that. Well, um, yeah. But there's no constant bumping of the head when you find the person. I believe that when God created Adam, he took Eve out of his side and he created the woman. There's a specific woman that sits right up underneath your, your, your arm in that rib cage area. That is that support for you, and not everybody sits in that area. And we get frustrated when we meet somebody and we try to fit them. You know, you try to fit that puzzle piece where it just don't go. So you bite the, you bite the end off and you, you work it in, but it's really not the piece that goes there. Mm-hmm. I, I have never done that before, so don't even think I did that. But um, that's the problem. We're trying to fit the puzzle piece that doesn't fit. And if you were pa- if we're patient and we 
keep maneuvering it and we keep we work from the outside edges in, then we'll find all the pieces. So the woman that you are pursuing or looking for or needing is very close in personality with you, your personality. And that's the way it is. And there is, because I believe, like they said, there's a lid for every pot. There is a woman for you. There's a man for Shakima. There's a man for me. There is, because he did not intend for us to be alone. So there is someone. It may take some time, and that's that's the problem with us. We got to understand that we're going to have to be patient. Now, I had to learn patience. I prayed for patience. I was not a very patient person. But I think doing this process of my divorce has been about eight years is patience. So I've been patient. Yeah, so I think that's what he did. He gave me that patience because we have to understand it's not on our time. It's on God's time. And so once we're patient, everything falls in place. When we try to rush and go out and do things sometime our way, that's when we make mistakes. Because we want to give up. We want to say, okay, I'm tired of waiting. And then that's when we try to figure out this on our own. And it'd be so busted. We yes. it right on up. <laughs> yes. So I, I do believe, I know there's someone. There's, there's someone who's going to fit your personality, Dave. They're going to be everything you want. He's out there. And I, and I think the point that I'm trying to get you to see, or I'm, I hope you will see, after we, you know, all discuss, because it's really been great conversation. There are people that are meant to be single, absolutely. And, and you may be one of those. You have to decide that based on what the Lord is telling you. But don't close yourself off if you're not meant to be single. Don't not make yourself available to what God can potentially have for you in that person if he didn't tell you, David, I need you to be single because that may not be what he needs for you at the moment. He may need you in all your creativeness. What can you and the wife that's creative as well do together for the kingdom of God? But if we get very staunch in our attitude that there is nobody there for us and we're just not going to be, I'm not looking, I'm not patient, whatever, then you, it's not going to say that you, you, we, we won't have a good life because we will. But could it be the fullness of God? when those two come together. I believe for myself that I'm working in my potential in the call that God has on my life. I'm a, I'm an encourager. I believe that God has given me a voice in ministry. I believe I'm doing my thing. My husband is equally doing his thing for the Lord, separate of me. But I believe that when God allows us to meet one another and we come together, that those two gifts, powerful in their own right, will be the most maximum yield that God can get because it's together doing his work. So I don't I I really want to encourage you to really, you know, ask God, just single what you want me. And if that's it, walk that thing out like the you like nobody else can do it. But if God has love for you, then open yourself up because there is a creative person out there that is looking for her creative partner and she has not found him yet because you have not found her. So I don't want us, I don't want any of us to miss what God has because we're very set that every person is like our previous experience because they are not. No. 
My ex-husband was not the nicest person to me. He treated me very poorly, and he did some very mean things. But I have every confidence that the Lord is going to send me who I need to not make me better because God has healed me, but to love me the way I need to be loved, to to make Shakima really come out of her shell, to really um, be that person that I need in my life because I didn't have it before. 18 years of my life gone wasted with somebody who didn't even want to be married, but my faith is still in the Lord that there is somebody for me. So that's just my encouragement. And I am going to um, get off of the call because I do need to call my children, and these lesson plans are really working my whole nervous system. <laughs> okay. But thank we you all for inviting me. Guys, we got to do this again. Oh, I just love this. Absolutely. I really do. I, we have actually put the face and the voice together. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> well, um, yes. I, I don't know. I, I put the show in two hours, but I guess we could cut it short and um, no, the you will continue. Continue. I just have to. I don't um, yeah, continue. I just have to call my children. I actually fell asleep last night and forgot to call them. So oh. I know that I have fallen off the map somewhere, and um, I'm still working on school. So you guys continue. I'm just gonna. Um, depart from the scene, but please let's do it again. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, uh, it's been nice talking with you. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. What, what, what is your name again? I'm Shakima. I'm sorry. Shakima. Your your name. Shakima. Oh, Shakima. Okay. Well, Shakima. Uh, yep. Shakima. Well, um, it's nice speaking with you for the first time, Shakima, and um, we, we we will definitely get you know do this again. Absolutely, you guys enjoy the rest of your conversation. Okay. All right. All right, All right bye. Bye. See you later. So, um, Beverly. Beverly. <laughs> that is your name. Yes. Your, yes. It definitely is your name. Uh, so, another question I want to put out there uh, is, uh, I, I mean, have you dated recently, or I mean, um, how, how do you feel about uh, the, the idea of um, men and women saying that, well, I don't need marriage, and I could, you know, let's just shack up, let's just, uh, you know, pretend that we're married and, you know, have children, and, you know, how, how do you feel about that philosophy? I don't like that philosophy, because that's not the way it was intended. So I, I'm i personally one of those ones, I don't, I don't think you should have children outside of marriage, but it happens. Mm-hmm. This is, this is my opinion. I don't, I don't believe it's in the best interest. I believe in marriage. I had no intention of getting divorced, but that was not my choice. So mm-hmm. my thing is I believe in the sanctity of marriage. It's what God intended. It's an honorable union. It's a godly union. It's a covenant. So I don't think people should take it lightly, and I, I really don't like these, I guess, the what they call it, oh, I don't have to get married because if you get married, then you end up 
divorce, and this way I have friends who say, well, um, I don't have to worry about that because if it don't work out, well, we're not married and we don't have to worry about getting divorced. But that's not good. That's not the way to raise children because you're teaching your children that it's okay. You're letting women know, you're letting little girls know, well, it's okay to be with someone and not married to them. And he have put all these babies on you. Then you're letting your boys know it's okay. That's what a man does. You don't have to marry these women. You can go ahead and have babies, and then you walk away. Mm-hmm. You're not teaching them moral values. Right. Because right now, this is what the kids are seeing, and this is what they believe. Nobody wants to. They, they're not thinking about Oh, the way we used to think about when we were younger, I can't wait to grow up, and then I'm getting married, I'm going to marry the prince, and we're going to live in the house with the white picket fence. That's what we were taught. Mm-hmm. But they're not teaching that now. It's just that, like I said, it's so much on TV, and the kids see so much, and it's acceptable. And yeah. they don't understand how it has become acceptable. And when I had made the comment, someone had gotten mad because I was like, they was like, oh, well, she she, she all this and was talking about one of the stars. And, you know, she this, she that. And I was like, no, why do you want to be like her? All she is is a woman with a bunch of illegitimate children. And then they looked at me like I was illegitimate. I said, she's not married. I Mm -hmm. mean, you're having all these kids, and it's like it's no respect. They don't even respect you enough to marry you. Mm -mm. Okay, yes, the kids have the last name, but that's, that's not the way it was intended. Right. And that's why I like my pastor, because he preaches on that. He He preaches abstinence. He ain't mm-hmm. telling you, oh, um, have protected sex. He said no. Mm-hmm. He said because there is things that are done. There's a reason why things are done in the Bible. And and they showed you, showed you how you court, how you get married. Because we went through the Songs of Solomon and mm-hmm. everything. And that's one of my favorites anyway. I had read it before he had went through that. But... He was trying to explain to them marriage. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think it's okay. And the first thing they said, and I was like, well, they said, well, it's okay to have um, more than one wife or have concubines because they had them in the Bible. I said, yes, they did, but God never told none of them men to take more than one wife. Mm-hmm. You can't show me where it says that. Then they start thinking. I said, a lot of stuff man did. Mm -hmm. And I said, and that's the problem. We're doing stuff because we want to. Because it's easy. Like I said, sin is easy. But to do good is hard. But sin Mm -hmm. is easy in their mind, and sin is fun. Mm Mm-hmm. So that is another reason why, and that's another reason why a lot of people don't have the faith, because if you had the faith, then you know what you're doing is wrong. Right. 
and nobody wants to be have that like okay I, I I know I'm wrong, but see that's the thing that's why they push away from that that's why they push away from the church because they know if they're in there they're gonna believe mhm, and then if they believe, then they know that what they're doing is wrong, yep, that's true. And see, it, at once, and the churches were much more harder years ago. I know some churches, if you were, if they find out y'all were shacking, you got set down in the church. You couldn't mm-hmm. be in there holding no office and you shacking. Mm-mm. They didn't allow a lot of stuff the way they allow it now. It's because mm-hmm. a lot of times they don't want to offend people because. A lot of times people paying the tithes and the offerings, and they don't want to offend the people <laughs> paying the tithes and the offerings. Mm-hmm. So a lot of stuff is allowed, unfortunately. And it's not all churches. It's some of them. Yeah. Some of the ones who consider church as a business. Mm-hmm. But the ones that are out there, and they, they'll tell you in a minute, no, this isn't right. Oh, this is this 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 shouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. And see, one church here had um, said that um, they wouldn't they didn't allow homosexuals in the church, right. which I believe personally was wrong because the church is supposed to be for the sinner. If he don't come in the church, then how how is he going to be taught the word? So you have How's he going to be saved? But yes, so that's what I'm saying. So nobody should be exempt from coming in God's house mm-hmm. because I do believe they unless they can't unless they're in there, they're not going to change. Mm-hmm. So you can't. I said that's that's what he meant by "come as you are," not the dress code. Most people think the dress code is "come as you are," but that's not what it means. It's the person coming in there in their condition. Mm-hmm. Whatever their condition is, they come in there like that, but they're not supposed to lead the same way. Because once you get in there and you're learning the word, you change. Yeah, you have no choice but to change. Right. So that church wouldn't allow it, and what happened was most of the membership walked out the church. But then he did a 360 and people weren't understanding, but that's when he realized that he was supposed to allow people in there because the church is for not for the saved people, it's for the unsaved people, the lost sheep. That's mm-hmm. what the church is for. Yeah. So a lot of people don't understand. Nobody, he's not trying to save the saved people. He's trying mm-hmm. to save people who's not who are not saved. So the church has to understand sometimes the mission, some of the mission of the church have changed over time. Well, the idea, well, the, the biblical concept of church and ministry has been diluted with, you know, man's own ideas and, and man's own sense of, of self. You know, you've got pastors who are narcissists and they use the pulpit to exert some type of control over people. And there are some pastors that are like that, unfortunately. But I think if that's if and if the person 
is is listening to that. That mean and and believing blindly. That means they're not reading. See, mm-hmm. that's another thing. You're supposed to read your word. A lot oh, of, of people don't read. That is the problem. I think that's most of the problem. A lot of people are not reading the Bible. At yeah, all. the Bible says for us to study to show thyself approved and to rightly divide the word of truth. And and this is what we're not doing. Well, this is what the average Christian, and I'm not saying every Christian is, is, is a uh, victim of this, but the average Christian today it does not study God's word. They don't they don't study it. And so we have false teachers that are able to come in to church today or what we call church today and teach another gospel. And if you're not if you don't have any discernment, then you're not going to know what the guy's talking about anyway. You're absolutely right. And that's that's the thing because that's that's because we were talking about I don't know if you did you see the story that they did of Noah the the one that was at the movies. Uh yeah, I think no, I didn't see it, but I've heard about it. Okay. Now, if you did not read your Bible, you would have thought that that, that story was accurate. Mhm. Now, I'm lo- I'm looking at this and I'm like, I can't believe they went so far out. They had Cain on the ark. I mean, mm. It was it was really out there. Cain so, on the ark. <laughs> yes. It was so annoying. Cain was on the ark. And he was they was in there eating the animals. What? <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Baby, that's why I was saying I know people don't read because people saw that and I said, Well, you know that wasn't biblically correct. Yeah, it was nowhere near. It was about as far from being biblical as the, the moon is from Pluto. But that's because a lot of times people don't read. And I was looking at it, and, and I was like, did they just put Cain on the ark? <laughs> and I was like, okay, they're eating the animals, and Noah, he's going to murder somebody. <laughs> he murder somebody. Girl. In the ark, and I mean, they did. It was nowhere biblical. It was nowhere mm-hmm. biblical at all. The stuff they had in there was unrealistic, and it it was not near the book of Noah. So my that's my point is, people don't read, and if people don't read, you can put anything out there, and they'll say, "Oh, okay, well I saw it. Cain mm-hmm. was on the ark." And this is the concept, and this is and when pastors say stuff, and when they preach from the pulpit, a lot of people don't know because they don't read. Because one guy had put the story, and he was saying um, it was a young girl, and she was she was pregnant, and this is the way he said he said she was pregnant, and. The guy that she was supposed to marry is not the father of her baby. She's about 16. Um, Should she get an abortion? Mm -hmm. 
and everybody was on the yeah, and they said, oh, she don't have support, she's far from home, and everything, and everybody was like, yeah, maybe she should, and everything, and and she they she kind of young to be having a baby. Well, nobody can help her, and everything. And these are the people who these are supposed to be Christian people. And the first thing they did not understand when he put that story up there, he was talking about Mary and Joseph. Wow. And that's when I said, you're talking about the story of that. And then when somebody said, is that the story of Mary and Joseph? So you saying that was Jesus? Yes. And that's the concept. Nobody must have read the story. The look wow. at how old she was, how, you know, Joseph, you know, was didn't know what to do. He was getting ready to, you know, cast her away, and you know, because he thought she had cheated on her. They didn't understand the story. So that's why I said when people don't read anything, you can be easily influenced, and especially if the pastors are preaching false doctrine. You wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. You would have no way of knowing. Mm-hmm. That's why they encourage you. My pastor encourages everybody to read the Bible. That's the purpose of Bible study. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. You can actually read a little bit every day. So when you hear something, you'll know whether or not it's the truth. Mm-hmm. So it is in, oh, I got off subject, but like you said, I, do, I don't think it's good to, for um, people to live in sin, basically. I don't think it's a healthy environment to bring children up in because that's the problem now with the, some of the young girls. It's, it's now no respect. You have to teach them to respect their self. You know that you expect marriage from a man as opposed to, oh, we just going to live together and have some kids and split mm-hmm. fields. No, I don't think that's acceptable. But a lot of people, when I talk about stuff like that, they say I'm old-fashioned. Well, That's of course you're going to get that. You're, you're <laughs> going to get that because, again, like I started out, you know, we're living in a postmodern world. And this is why, you know, a person like myself, with, it, it's difficult for me to, you know, actually find somebody that has those views because, well, they're too antiquated now. People think that, well, you, you know, you, you need to get with times. You, you know, things have changed. You need to start doing what everybody else is doing. And if you're not, then, well, you know, you're you're whatever. But I, I don't know. I, I just think nowadays that uh, it's, and I don't want to sound negative, you know, but for the sake of the conversation or the sake of the topic, I just think that it's, it's going to be extremely, 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 extremely difficult now, especially nowadays, because, you know, there's just so much going on. And, you know, right now I'm just focused on, you know, what I'm doing. And I don't know. I'm, I'm just focused on what I'm doing. But we only have 10 minutes into the show. But uh, what I'm, again, 
like I'm just really focused on what I'm doing, and uh, my thing is if if it was meant to be for me to be married or whatever, then I would have been married. It would have happened to me. But, you know, I see a lot of people around me getting married, a lot of people around me that, that are getting involved. I have, I have a best friend that will to this day ask me if I've found anybody yet. And, of course, I'm going to tell him no, but, you know, he's still going to ask me. And I, if he's not going to, if he won't ask me, then his wife will. Well, I get that too. When are you going to get married again? You're a very nice person. You're marriage material. Well, why aren't you married yet? I can't believe you're not married yet. It's not my time. I do believe there's somebody out there, but I will not settle just to say it for the sake of being married. No, because I'm a certain way and that person has to be a certain way. So I don't I I don't get discouraged and I I don't get uh upset about the situation but I know that God knows the desires of our heart and he know that is one of my desires. So I'm I'm not going to get discouraged. I know that there's someone out there and I will um, date if if I'm asked to go on a date. I think I went on a date about uh, three months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually with that person, I went on about three dates. But realized that we were not on the same level as to what we wanted, you know, as what we wanted or where we were going. I know where I am spiritually because I understand just because some people say they are Christians, there's a different uh, levels of Christianity. And his walk was nowhere near what mine is. So it was more so he said he was a Christian because his daddy was a Christian. So I already knew the obstacles after we talked or I understood the obstacles, and sometimes it's best if you see that, you know, you have those signs you're using discernment, it's no use moving forward because you're going to cause yourself um, a lot of heartache. Mm -hmm. So that's why I don't get discouraged because I'm not going to – I know it's not going to happen overnight, and even though I've been – single all this time, I just recently started dating. Well, how long have you been single, if you don't mind my asking? Um, Eight years. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, but during those eight years, I was concentrating getting on my daughter, you know, out of high school, into college and everything. But like I said, she's 22 now. Mm-hmm. So. Well, that's good. Uh, you've done a good job with her. You know, she's got three degrees now. Yeah, she'll have three. Yes. And started her own little company. So, I mean, she's smart. Mm -hmm. Smart. And she knows what she needs to do. And a lot of time it's, it's the work you have to put in. 
because what I also learned, the reason why a lot of children are the way they are is because you have to live a certain way when you're raising children. Right. And when you're single, you can't tell a child not to do something if you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, I live my lifestyle a certain way. I let my walk speak for me. So that's the difference with a lot of parents. They they figure, like, if he's gone and they're upset, they start to obsessively go out. They get all these boyfriends. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any of those. <laughs> I didn't have those. Well, because people that are suffering from abandonment issues, they have to over, they have to compensate for that loss. And if you have... You know, if you're, you know, if that boyfriend, because if you're obsessed with this guy, or if you have an obsession with having, you know, I guess male company, whatever, the, whatever the case may be, you know, you're you're gonna, you know, compen- you're gonna overcompensate for that loss, and that's why a lot of girls, you know, have three and four boyfriends, or every week they got a different boyfriend, or. You know, I you know they they're even at the expense of taking of their own children. You know, I've got to have me a boy. I got to have me a man. Well, what about your children? Yes. And and then on top of that, I don't agree with the fact that you're dating and your your child is barely three years old. Um, now, I can un- I can understand if your child is seven, eight, nine, but your child is three, and you're already dating. And see, that was my thing. After my divorce, I concentrated on what I needed to concentrate on. Mm -hmm. I did what I had to do. A lot of people don't want to make the sacrifice. They don't want to live that lifestyle. Because to me, Christianity is a lifestyle. I can't say it and not live it. Right. So I choose to live it as opposed to just saying, oh, I'm this. No, no, no. I'm going to let my walk speak for me. And that's what I've done. And and when you're raising children, that's the best thing to do, especially when you're going through a divorce. A lot of times, you know, people try to look for certain outlets, but I let the church be my outlet. (laughs) And that's what I did. Mm-hmm. And I concentrated on raising my child and doing what I had to do. Mm-hmm. And I worked and did what I had to do. And a lot of people don't want to make that sacrifice because I I can't. I I knew what I needed to do. I know what I wanted her to be. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, it's because children see too much, and they see mama doing this. And they think, okay, it must be okay. Even yeah. though she told me no, she's still doing it. Yeah, she's doing it even though she told me not to do it. And I, that's hypocrisy. That's not how you raise a child. Yes. You know, and, you, have to, you have to set the example. And and mama in the club. I mean, come on now. I just I, I just didn't understand a lot of stuff that was that some people did. I mm-hmm. just. 
I, that was just not me. And I think that's probably because I was older because I know that most of her friends, their parents were like, what, 15 years older than they were. But with me and her, it was different because mm-hmm. I was older. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of time it's the maturity level. Yeah, yeah, it is. And besides also, my daughter, she was different. She went to private school until high school. So she was going to a seven-day Adventist school. Mm-hmm. And she did very well there. Now, the only reason I put her in public because I knew she would have to learn to interact with all people. Mm-hmm. So that's when I put her in public and she did well. But up until that point, I mean, it was like no makeup, no jewelry, uniforms concentrated on your work and, you know, the Bible. And she did well. Wow, that's, uh, that's commendable. <laughs> that That is really commendable. Oh, yes. Yeah. Single parents, the ones that have been through divorce, they can actually... Raise children when they put their mind to it. Yeah. You, when you make a conscious and you pray about it, you can do it. Mm-hmm. So well, it's just a lot of time we don't want to sacrifice. Yeah, that that, that is true. But uh, I, I don't know. I may make this a part too, but because um, we didn't go over a lot of the things that I really wanted to go over. But uh, <laughs> it, it's nine o'clock and uh I know you guys have to work so um I'm going to um uh, like cut it short at least until um then I may just make it a part two. Uh, so uh I don't know. I, I guess I could finish part two next week. Okay. And uh, you know if if any if everybody else is okay with it, maybe we can get more callers to participate. Oh yeah, they missed a great one. It's that's the way we're. That's the only way you know we're supposed to do this. We're just supposed to interact with each other. Well, yeah, the other lady was trying to get on, but she didn't. I don't think she knew what to do. She said that she called the the, the number and then she dialed the pin number and and even the, the you know the the, um, the one or whatever it was. And she still couldn't get on, so I said, "Okay, well, she's not, probably not doing one or the other." Yeah, because I couldn't get on at first because it's um, I forgot what, it, but when they told me I didn't have that account, what I needed to do, it worked. Mhm. Yeah. So yeah, you, you dial the uh, the number and then you enter the, the the call ID followed by the pound sign. Mhm. And you're on. Or at least it worked for me. Now, others that don't have an account, they have to dial a one first. Yeah, and that's what it told me to hit um, one and pound. Right. Yeah. So that's that's how I was able to get through. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Uh, I'll relate that information to everybody so they they know what to do and they're not like, well, I can't get on. So uh, it's been nice speaking with you and uh, and 
Hope you have a blessed night. And I hope you do the same. And don't worry, we'll all get to talk again. Hopefully, we'll be friends for life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey. <laughs> okay. All right, then. All right. All right. Well, you have a blessed evening. Okay, you do the same. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye.
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.